All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Dawn Sipley. With nearly 20 years in HR, nine of those in business ownership, Dawn understands the pressures of entrepreneurship. She began her professional career after graduating from UCF with her business degree in 2004. Since then, she has supported hundreds of companies in Central Florida with their hiring needs, either as a corporate recruiter, staffing company, or consultant. It was during those years in staffing that the concept of Sipley the Best was born. Dawn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me today. So tell us a little bit more about your background and the behind the scenes of why you really focused your career in recruiting and staffing and doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. God had a funny way of bringing me uh, to this market. When I was younger, I thought HR was all about onboarding and, and new hire paperwork and benefits and payroll. I had no idea there was this whole human resources, human side uh, and that included recruitment. So I started off in the retail world, slowly got into technology recruitment, and then that led me to the staffing world. And what I kind of figured out in the staffing world was a lot of people were bad at hiring, which I found curious to me because I kind of had a natural tap for it. And that's kind of what led me to um, getting into consulting. Then rather than doing it for people, I actually teach them how to do it and do it really well. So what are some of the tips that you like to share with people? Because, you know, as we talked about before the show, job boards are dead. So people have to be a lot more creative when it comes to recruiting. So what are some of the things that you're seeing and you're helping others to do? I One of the big things is really pivoting their marketing messaging to attract new talent. For so many years, marketing has been a use to acquire new customers, and now it needs to be used to acquire new employees. So doing employee highlights, one of the main reasons people leave a position is because they don't feel appreciated or heard. So highlighting, you know, the employee of the month on their social media, talking about the culture of your organization, highlighting the different activities that you do to really connect and engage with your employees. Our younger generation of employees are looking at social media, and that's how they're identifying potential employers. So using your marketing vehicle as a way to attract new talent is an amazing, thoughtful, and productive way to bring in qualified applications and resumes. So that sounds like that may work for corp- in the corporate workplace, because of course, those people are on social media all the time. But if you're talking about manufacturing, if you're talking about the trades, is that working for them too? It is. It is. HR teams are more and more moving into a marketing role and less of a, let's just post it on the job board and wait for resumes to come in. 
the job boards, like you kind of said, are, are dead in this market right now. You can post and you can boost and you can do those things. But unfortunately, with the technology that we have, they control those algorithms. They won't put your job ad in front of eyeballs unless you're paying money. You don't really have control over that, but you do have control over your Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of those things. So your HR department needs to have a marketing leg to it. So do the, does this entire bringing in like a full-time social media person or how would you do that in a way that makes the most of your time and your effort when it comes to social media? Because, you know, we could go down that rabbit hole and be watching cat videos for the next six hours if we, if we're so inclined. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, No, you don't have to hire on a full-time person. It just needs to be a fraction of what your HR department is doing. One or two posts a day to engage on multiple platforms is all that's really needed. A place that I've really found success on social media is actually posting inside of groups. So I am in a lot of groups. I'm in a electrician's group. I'm in a plumber's group. I'm in an industrial controls technician's group. And even though I don't work per se in any of those one fields, one of those fields, I'm able to see what my target audience is talking about, what they're complaining about, what they're happy about. And it really gets me engaged with a targeted audience. And when I do get a job opening in one of those fields, I'm able to post it in there. And since I've had engagement with that audience already, I'm kind of a trusted resource and not just a a headhunter or a recruiter, because those recruiters and headhunters that are cold calling they're viewed as pleasy salespeople at this point. People are tired of the LinkedIn messages. They're tired of the phone calls. They want to do business with someone that they've already had previous engagement with. So it sounds like really narrowing down the groups that would be most applicable to people listening to this show, because you obviously don't want to be in 20 different groups if you're going to participate and really kind of get a flair for what's in that group. Um, but to become a part of it so that when you are opening, you're not coming across as sleazy, but you're connecting with friends. Correct. Yeah. And also you can focus on groups too, that are geographically region, not necessarily skill set region or skill set focused. So some of those groups are national groups. And those are for the things that I'm going to pull people to the state of Florida to hire for, because I'm based here in Florida, even though I do national recruitment. But also, I'm a part of a lot of micro community groups where I, I do post things in there that are helpful, good tools, interviewing tips, resume rewrite services, different things like that. But then when a job opening comes up, they already know me as a trusted resource who has given them a lot of tips and tricks and, and things like that. So even those micro community groups are a really good resource because you're wanting typically to hire within 30 miles of a given location. And so when it comes to the things that you are posting on social media, because if every day you were posting, hey, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, then people are going to kind of take you with a grain of salt. So what are you seeing successful manufacturers and other of those types of organizations posting that are attracting new candidates to them? Absolutely. 
stories always have a really high click rate, you know, horror stories on you won't believe what this candidate just did, or, you know, I'm so frustrated by this, or wow, what an amazing day, the perfect candidate came in, they did this, this, and this, we hired him, we offered him more money than he was asking for, talking about negotiation on more than just salary, negotiation on benefits and things like that, trends that we're seeing, advice on being an elite job seeker, not just an average job seeker. You know, when are you, I share when I'm willing to pay more money. What what am I looking for that'll get that extra dollar or $5 out of the corporate pocket? So just kind of tips like that to where they feel like they are learning something from engagement, engaging with us and, and promoting questions and things like that to be, to be asked and answered professionally. Well, and that sounds like a lot of tactics, too, that are good for people who are actively on the job search. Um, what about those that aren't necessarily but maybe curious to new opportunities? What are companies doing to maybe catch their attention? Again, it's just that organic engagement. You don't have to be looking to be curious, right? And you don't have to be job seeking to want to learn how to be a good job seeker, because honestly, the days of working for a company for 30 years, getting a pension and retiring are gone. You right. will 90% of the time have a separation of employment from your current employer. You will leave, whether it's your decision, the employer's decision, or the good Lord's above. You're exiting at some point. So always kind of keeping that in mind and staying in tune with the job market is just healthy as a happy employee to know to know when is a good job time to be looking? When is a good time not to be looking? Right now is a great time for job seekers. In the state of Florida, unemployment is at 4.4%, which is very low. Other states are, are a little bit higher, but we it is a job seekers job market right, right now. And if you're not earning what you want to earn, now's a good time to start sniffing around and investigating and seeing who has positive culture in their environment and where you could transition over to. And so what are some of the resources that people who are not necessarily in that marketing mode or aren't really used to doing this kind of marketing, what would be a good way for them to get started? Podcasts are a great way to, to get started. YouTube tutorials, marketing 101. Companies and corporations should be looking at social media engagement webinars, not only for their HR team or their IT team or their marketing team, but all of their employees. All employees should be soldiers to increase your sales, to increase your hiring ability and engaging in the community that way. Otherwise, they're going to do it anyway and they might do it poorly. So investing in how to build your personal brand is really important. And so what would be some things when you talk about a personal brand, what is that and what does it look like in the marketplace? Man, that's a really big question, Lisa. <laughs> so, you the know, Cliff Notes version. <laughs> right, exactly. So personal branding is knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. First off, you know, everybody always tries to be bigger, better, faster than anyone else. And that's not necessarily the key to being valued. Knowing a lot about a very dedicated line is important. Also showing levels of integrity, 
good communication skills, appropriate communication, professional interactions on social media. Those are all things that are building your personal brand. You're building your personal brand already, whether you know it or not. Empowering yourself and your team to build the personal brand in a positive way is is good. And employers always love someone who who is quote unquote drinking the Kool-Aid, right? You know, they love they love their their brand ambassadors that that are uniquely and passionately open about loving what they do every day. And if they'll do it for their current employer, they'll probably do it for me when I hire them and make them a happy employee. Right. So kind of going on the opposite of recruiting, because you know, people who may be listening to this podcast is, yeah, but I don't want my employees to be keeping their eyes open and to be working on their personal brand because then they're going to leave me. So what are companies doing when you have tried you know, maybe an example of when you tried to find you had the ideal candidate, but they just loved their employer so much, they were just unwilling to move no matter what that employer did. So have you seen that? And what does it take to build that type of loyalty uh, to your company? Engagement buys loyalty. Money doesn't buy loyalty. And so I'm not talking about social media engagement. I'm talking about truly knowing and having a real relationship with your employees. Uh, Let's start off by knowing their names. Right. (laughs) And knowing their kids' names and their wives' names. And when hard things happen, cover for them. Not not to say that you're not going to have a private conversation on how they could have improved that situation, but not throwing your team members under the bus. Just because they're out there and they're engaging and they're looking, you made the statement, we don't want them out there looking fantastic to be doubled up by the competition, but you also don't want them out there looking terrible, not being gobbled up by the competition, right? What's worse, they stay and they they have their personal brand look poorly. Well, then that's looking poorly on, on your company. And that's why more and more companies are having social media guidelines around what they can post and cannot post about the company and about their involvement and things like that. So acknowledging it, training on it, and doing it well isn't going to make them go away and get stolen by the competition, but instead it'll it'll increase your brand um, as long as you really have that engagement out there. So what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to having those social media policies or what are companies doing to protect themselves as well as to be as open and and transparent to the, uh, you know, to the community as possible too? One is, is to do the training, not just to let it up to the employees on how they engage and what they do and give them rules to play by you know, uh, in a wide net as well. We don't have to say, well, you can post this or you can't post that. Having general rules of integrity and respect and professionalism usually usually guide that. We can't, you know, monitor everything and control everything, but we can empower our, our folks to do the right thing. And so it's you want them in agreement with, not in agreement 
with your vision or compliance with your vision, you want them on board with your vision and to share your same vision. So you can beat them into compliance. That's not going to to produce the same amount of high quality content as it will to empower them and, and have them into alignment with your with your vision. So it shouldn't be just a list of do's and don'ts, but more, this is our culture, this is our vision, and this is how we share. And then creating great original content for them to share, that they would be proud to share. You know, if you're employee of the month and you're highlighted on the employee website, well, then they are likely to share those amazing things with their personal network. Besides that, because the employee of the month is a, is a really great way to promote and it's not necessarily the employee tooting their own horn. They're just sharing that somebody else is tooting their horn. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the other things that people like to share or that are good to share um, from social media, either whether it be the company giving them some guidance or just the employee sharing on their own? What kind of first came to mind for me was a, a LinkedIn message that I saw the other day. A, a gentleman had just returned from paternity leave. He was paid six weeks um, time to bond with his newborn child. And he gave a huge shout out to his organization, tagged the organization, and thanked them for the opportunity to be able to go home and have that, that once-in-a-lifetime experience with their newborn. So things like that. They're so in love with the company that they want to share what it is. So honestly, just doing the right thing, going above and beyond when you don't have to. And six weeks paternity leave, that's amazing. To even have paternity leave. For, for so long, our culture has only given maternity leave. But it's just important for fathers to bond with their children as it is for mothers. So having socially, social, like healthy social policies that promote a healthy society, right? Because our our employees aren't just our employees. They're moms, they're dads, they're siblings, they're caretakers. So having policies that allow them to be all of those things really will promote your workplace and being unique and special and engaging in a place that people want to work. And that's such a great idea when it comes to sharing the paternity leave. And again, because if uh, some other guys are looking at that going, wow, I would love to have that opportunity. It turns into a great opportunity for them to take a look at that organization if they are in the same neighborhood. Are there ways that you encourage people or maybe you're, you're finding some people to get the process started to kind of start they start people posting so that they know what's okay, so that they so that they think about it. Because in some cases, people wouldn't even think about posting that. And yet it's such a critical part of letting the world know what a fantastic benefit and what a fantastic job that company's doing. Yeah. Well, I have a girlfriend, she has a selfie wall. It's a, it's a green grass wall with a neon sign that says, says hashtag be inspired. And every day her employers are, employees are going up to the wall, taking selfies, taking pictures, doing hashtags. And once it's developed into the culture and the employees are recognized for truly good content, I'm a part of the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. And one of the things that they do in their weekly newsletter is they give a shout out to people who have given a shout out 
to them during the week. So they will reshare a small business owner's post where they said amazing things about the chamber. So that's just one example. So if I was an employee saying, man, I love the place that I work. Boss man came in today, sat down with me and just chatted with me for 45 minutes. And I really got to know him better and where he's coming from and stuff like that. Well, then the company would share that and say, it's such an honor to have Sally on our team. I appreciated spending the time with her to learn more about her family and the challenges that she's having. We're actually going to change this policy that she shared with me that had been an obstacle for her to be her best. And so it's, it just kind of creates this whole circle of mini viralness, right? And it becomes contagious. You want the attention and the words of affirmation are a huge love language for a lot of people. It's one of the top love languages and a free love language at that. Right, exactly. Well, and it just reminds me when employees are getting awards. And of course, there's the, the employee of the month, but there's also just being recognized for service, maybe for milestones, for yes. anything that you can do. And to have a file, it would seem to me that an easy way, because this is what I do too, is just you have a file of just copy and paste things that, you know, on Monday, I'm going to talk about Bill on Tuesday, I'm going to talk about Jane on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about Jose, whatever it is, is that you can start to almost do like a media planning calendar, because it's also the consistency of getting it out versus, you know, promoting 20 employees in one day, and then none for the rest of the month. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have a drip campaign, you can't go and just do a blast and expect that to last all year. And the same goes with leadership. You know, these companies, they have these summits and these these getaways and they talk about leadership and rah, rah, you leave all hyped up, you know, and, and on fire for the company and everything. And then you get in on Monday and it's back to the same grind and everything that was told to you has been lost in the sauce and they're not demonstrating leadership every single week, you know, every single day. And in the ways that they treat their employees and the things that they do, it is a drip campaign of being authentic and being real. And you can't have any of that if you don't have good leadership in a healthy environment to do so. So you're, you're right. And the same goes for Glassdoor and places like that that judge employers on whether they're a good place of employment. For me, as an HR consultant, I always look at the timelines of which they're done because you'll notice Oh, you'll get a few bad reviews and then suddenly five employees hop on there and go, oh, no, this is a great place. Well, I guarantee you those five employees that posted all on the same day were told by their boss, hey, we've got some bad reviews on Glassdoor. I need you to go on there. Well, of Mm. course, they're going to go on there and post. They need to keep their job. They just saw Joe get canned last week. (laughs) Wow. That's funny. Looking at that authentic drip campaign and not blast because those blasts are produced. Anybody can produce content in a week and a month and have a campaign. But is it a part of the, the true culture of the organization? And can you see it across different platforms, not only on their social media, but on their website, on their internal communication? Are the standards held at the same place across the board? Well, and the other interesting thing, and I almost found this out the hard way, is that it has to be personal posts. Do not hire somebody. Do not uh, schedule your posts out for a month because LinkedIn will throw you off their system. 
I got the first of the nasty grams. I believe that they have changed their algorithms where they're picking that up. If other people are either other people are posting for you or you're scheduling things out, because that's the thing about LinkedIn that's so beautiful about it is is it is real posts from real people and not just bots and, you know, people putting content out there, which is why, again, having the media calendar so that you're looking at, okay, these are the people that I'm going to promote and giving yourself the opportunity when things come up that you can mm-hmm. also post that, but just that consistency of the message. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you say that. I, I create all my own content. I write it, but I do have it, a marketing person that distributes it, right? Because I don't have time to you know, paste it in all the different places. And then I like to change it for the different platforms. Because what I would say on Instagram isn't necessarily the same language that I would use on LinkedIn. I got super busy one week. And I told my marketing director, just pull something together. You've worked for me for a while. You, you know me well. I need you to write this week's newsletter. And I came home and my husband said, did you write that newsletter? <laughs> and I said, no, why do you ask? And he was like, just didn't sound like your voice. So you're right. You, you cannot substitute your authentic voice when people really know you well. And, and that means I had done a good job at branding myself and people knew what my voice sounded like so much so that when it was somebody else, they, they kind of, they knew that it wasn't self-generated. Right. Well, and that's something too, to keep in mind that, okay, now you learned your lesson, you forgive yourself, you move on and, and just look for ways. And if you have to skip a week in, or skip a post instead of having somebody else do that for you, then that may be the better practice. So with anything, with all of this, you know, we kind of learn as we go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as we're starting to wrap up our time together, what would, be, what would you say is your best tip when it comes to attracting candidates in a market that there really isn't a lot to choose from unless you get creative? Showing up and giving them your undivided attention when you're in the room with them, closing your laptop, putting away your phone, and truly spending time with them and using active listening. So many HR departments, recruiters, busy small business owners, right? It's something that they're squeezing in and the candidates can feel that. But when you close down the whole world and you give them your undivided attention, they will leave knowing and hopefully feeling that this is a place that they can be seen and heard. And they'll be more likely to accept your offer over, over other offers. I've worked with people that um, as far as career coaching and things like that, when I was in the staffing world, I would have a candidate submit them for consideration, end up not placing them. They get placed by another staffing company, but then they called me back when they needed to hire a staffing company. And I had, I had thought I had failed them as having placed them, but they said, I felt more seen by you in the way that you engaged with me as a job seeker. I felt connected to you. Yeah, the big staffing company placed me, but I want to be represented the way that you represent, you know, mm-hmm. when out there recruiting. So, and I just did that by taking time with each candidate and giving them my undivided attention. That's the way you stand out in a world that's constantly distracted by shiny things and notifications. 
Yep, it's all about personal connection. So if people did want to personally connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? And how do you work with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all at Sipley the Best. Uh, so that's my last name proper, S-I-P as in Peter, L-E-Y. And the way that I work with my clients is just walking the path of employment with them, whether they are an HR director or a small business owner that's just trying to navigate this crazy market. In HR, it is organic and it's always changing. What worked yesterday is not going to work today and we're going to be learning new things tomorrow. And really having a partner that has their finger on the pulse of what that looks like when vital hires need to be made, there's really no time to figure it out at that point. And so having a partner that's already engaged in the community is a trusted source in the community can bring your, your recruitment platform light years ahead of, of, you know, starting at the starting point yourself. All right. Awesome. Well, Dawn, again, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Lisa. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.